Have you ever wanted to just pick the brain of a neurosurgeon? Well, today you'll have that opportunity. My guest is Dr. Avery Jackson. He is an incredible, wise man of God. He has extensive training, 15 years of training in specialty education around neurosurgery and spinal surgery. He studied biology from the University of Chicago. His medical degree is from Wayne State University in Detroit. He completed an internship in general surgery at Northwestern, and then five years of neurosurgery residency at Penn State in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He's completed a complex neurosurgical spine fellowship at the Medical College in Wisconsin, and he owns a neurological institute in Michigan, as well as several other organizations. He's a man who is well-respected in the community. He's a specialist. He's actually completed over 60,000 visits per date, does 2,500 to 3,000 surgeries annually. He knows what he's talking about. practicing neurosurgery for 20 years. Not only is he wise in his profession, but he also loves God deeply. He teaches on the tripart man. He and his wife, Kara Marie, have a show called The God Prescription, which you'll hear about today. And he's also been on several well-known Christian television stations. I first met him in 2018 at a Dr. Caroline Leaf conference, and I knew immediately that we were supposed to partner together. So welcome to today's episode, and I can't wait for you to hear from Dr. Jackson. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change, and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. Hi, Dr. Jackson. Hey, Amber. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, we are so honored that you are here. I am blown away every time I give everyone your resume because there is just no one that matches your wisdom and experience and insight on the topic that we're diving in today. Mm. So thank you for sharing your expertise and your time with sure. us. Sure, it's, it's an honor. Thank you. Yes. And I know you and know your heart and your vision. Um, just from the first time I heard you speak, you very clearly from a young age knew that God was calling you to be a neurosurgeon. So I would just love to hear more about your story and for the audience to hear how did God deposit that in your heart? And what was that journey like for you as a little boy? Right. So my grandmother, my mom's mom, who is from British Honduras, from Belize, she's uh, she had a stroke 
And I, uh, you know, I asked the Lord when I was younger, I was about eight. And I said, Lord, how can I help people like grandma who have brain problems? And so uh, about three, two, three months later, I kind of heard in my spirit him say, I want you to be a neurosurgeon. And what makes mm. that really interesting is I don't have anyone in my family who is medical. I've never heard the term before. And when I when mm. it came in my spirit, then I looked it up and found out that neurosurgeon meant a brain surgeon or a spine surgeon. And so I, wow. I accepted the call at that time. I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And so ever since then, mm. even when times are really hard, I was like, you called me. I didn't pick this. So I know you're going to get me through all the training. So, Right. Yes, all the training. I mean, I think of what you do in the risk and the liability and the intense situations that you're put in. Like, I just can't imagine. I mean, the preparation, just what is that like? I mean, all that you went through to be able to do it. Yeah, do. so the prep, so the academic preparation and then like the physical prep, right? So for the academic, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the universities, University of Chicago and Wayne State and Penn State and Northwestern and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So there's all that. But what's really interesting is, is like there's a transition and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, it's it's like he does that for us, right? He'll give us, he won't, he'll never give us anything that we can't handle, right? So in increments, mm -hmm. he'll expose us to uh, what we need and to build our, our spiritual fruit and so forth so we can handle mm -hmm. more and more and more, right? And so what mm -hmm. that looks like for a neurosurgeon is like when you first start out, you are shadowing the neurosurgeons. And then when you become a resident, your first year, you're like holding a retractor, but you're like in the operating room and you're just kind of getting used to the sounds and the sights. And then mm -hmm. from there, now they'll allow you the next year to perform a very simple procedure with supervision. And then the year after a more complex procedure with supervision. And then, you know, when you get to your fifth and sixth year, your final year, then you're operating on your own and a, a physician, an attending who's above you, who's your supervisor, will either be mm -hmm. in the room or not. And you're the one that's in charge, right? So it's a stepwise process, just like everything else in life and, right. and that journey that you have to take. And then from there, when you, you go out into practice and now you're actually operating on your own, you know, it's, it's, this, it's this hard, hard gulp. And then you're, you're, you're out there, you're doing it and you're like, okay, I remember how to do this from before. Right. But you, there's mm -hmm. still this mental tweak that you make and then you're, and then you're off to the races and then you're able to, to do what, what you do. Right. I mean, it, it's amazing to me. And that's something that struck me about you. When I first met you, you have this supernatural ability to hyper-focus on someone like if I was sharing something and maybe we got distracted by the waiter coming, you were just locked into what I was saying. And it kind of dawned on me, you literally have to do that in surgery, like life or death situations. You are very, very observant, Amber, to be hyper-focused <laughs> on someone in life and death. You're absolutely right. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I appreciate your intuition. I appreciate your sensitivity because you're, you have to be. And here's mm -hmm. an illustration is... Like, what if you're operating and someone drops a pan of instruments behind you? And oh, if man. I move my head or move my hand or I jump because I'm startled, that could be the difference between life and death or a mm -hmm. major injury in someone, right? So, mm -hmm. and what's interesting to add to that, to go back to the Holy Spirit, almost this kind of sense of humor almost, is when I was younger, I was diagnosed with ADHD, 
And mm-hmm. so my my amazing mom basically said, listen, we're going to get through this. We're going to use prayer and we'll do martial arts. We're going to do music and we're going to keep you really, really busy to divide mm-hmm. your, um, you know, kind of this, your hyped up way of thinking, divide it equally into different areas at the same time so that then you can focus on what you need to focus on. And so that was a process over some years. And so now taking all of that hyped up energy and being, and now using it to be hyper-focused when I need to be, and then other Mm -hmm. times being able to juggle when I need to be has been invaluable because you can't get emotionally distraught in the middle of an emergency, right? Like for instance, sometimes Mm -hmm. I go into the operating room and we'll have a routine day and I have a stat there. There's about four or five or six people in the operating room. Okay. So there's a routine case, whether it's a brain surgery case or a spine case, and everybody has their routine and their process and we get through the case. Okay. Very different when you mentioned about hyper-focus when it's an emergency. So when it's an emergency and it's late at night and someone comes in, there's a hemorrhage and you can tell that we only have half an hour or 45 minutes before they die because of the pressure building up in their brain. What do you do? Right. And sometimes what that looks like is the Holy Spirit will prompt me to say, when I come into the room, this is not a fire drill. Okay, everybody, let's snap out of our routine. We have a person here that needs to be taken care of, and we need to focus on getting that pressure off their brain. So move Mm -hmm. like you have this purpose, because this is the only purpose that you have right now. Okay. Because even in the, in the settings of people who perform emergency surgeries and other emergencies, they can get caught in routines. And Mm -hmm. so I get why the Lord wants us, the just shall live by faith. I get that. Because if we Mm -hmm. focus only on the Holy Spirit, right, the Lord is leading us into all truth, right? If our focus is squarely on Him and that becomes a routine, He becomes a routine. Relationship with Him is Mm -hmm. a routine. And if, if you in your mind said, it doesn't matter if everything else changes, the finances changes, uh, relationships change, whatever changes. It doesn't, it won't have an impact on you that can be devastating that unfortunately happens to, to uh, everyone. Um, right. And I, I think in terms of the God prescription, if I could give a prescription to everyone, it would be that. It would be more of God and more of mm-hmm. God, not, only, not in a just a, a theoretical, not connected way, right? It's the more of God because the more of God you have, he literally cares for you and can literally affect every part of your life, your emotional life and your mm-hmm. physical life. And that's an illustration is the difference between uh, routine, even though we know how to perform emergency surgery and then emergencies and, sh- and shaking yourself kind of like yeah. uh, Samson, shaking yourself and being in a position where now you can be a real help. You have to really be hyper-focused to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's so fascinating because in Monday's episode, I was talking about our habitual thought patterns and how we often develop these grooves in our brain where we're going down a path, whether it's subconscious thoughts or just our our ways of doing things. And then literally the process of renewing the mind is allowing the Lord to form that new neural pathway in our brains to see ourselves and operate out of his truth. 
And isn't, is that true? I mean, looking at it as a neurosurgeon, is that how it works in our brain? That is 100% true. You're right on. Neuroplasticity is exactly what you've described. I mean, you're literally, those pathways are physiologic pathways and they're physical pathways. So you're literally forming new connections of the dendrites and cells in your, in your brain. And so that you can communicate and create patterns in your brain. And there's healthy patterns and and in neuroplasticity and then there are also unhealthy patterns and so what you mm. find in the nervous tissue is that when you're when you're happy right when you have when you walk by faith when you have joy right like in Nehemiah the joy of the Lord is our strength when you mm -hmm. have that joy it literally changes what your brain tissue looks like right it changes mm. your physiology literally and that's why I tell people like in um, you know the God prescription for instance, that in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it describes that we are a tripart person, right? And mm -hmm. that we're a spirit, we have a soul, mind, will, and emotion, live in a physical body. And then I think about, you know, all of my career over the last 20, you know, 23, 23 years or so, 24 years in practice. And I think about all that I've learned in terms of the science and in the art of medicine, right? And mm -hmm. one of the things that I realize that we, we lack and what we lack is, is that fine in terms of the physical side, mastering biochemistry and mastering all the specifics, what medications to give, what surgeries to perform to, to help to heal the person's physical body. Like we, mm -hmm. we, we do okay on that. But the problem is, is we don't do well on the emotional side. So the soul side, mind, will, and emotion, mm -hmm. we don't integrate with the physical treatment and, and definitely not the spiritual side. And so mm -hmm. as a result, most of the time, we find that we're missing what would be a full prescription, the God prescription for mm -hmm. any individual. And so two thirds of the time, we can really get it wrong, even when we're at our best in that one third in the physical uh, physical side. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the this revelation of interconnected and the God prescription. That's what's so fascinating. Why I'm so thankful that God brought our paths together. That in 2018 is when you launched your book, The God Prescription. And it was the same year that the Holy Spirit started revealing to me this idea that He created us to be interconnected mm -hmm. and that our mental, physical, and spiritual health was designed to all impact one another, that we are triune beings made in the image of the triune God. And so I hear you saying that even as a physician who is literally experienced the highest levels of training, that you feel like there's a gap of physicians and preparation and understanding the physical and spiritual side. Yeah, totally. There's something that you shared when I was at your mastermind that just really struck me about, I had asked you the question, you know, where does the spirit dwell within our bodies? Like, is there one place in our bodies that our spirit is? And then how does our spirit interact with the brain? Yeah. I'd love for you to Yeah. So, uh, and, and so from my experience as a neurosurgeon and, and kind of working backwards, when I'm in the trauma bay and I see people who are alive, but just barely, I have to do an ophthalmologic examination. So I look with a special um, instrument into their eyes and I can see the back of their eyes, which is the front of their brain, their retina. And mm -hmm. it it looks like a, a, a shining light. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's brilliant. Okay. It glows. Mm. And when they, then when they pass, which I've seen in that instance, that light goes out. Wow. And so what that tells me is that it's not just a chemical thing. It's 
your spirit is formed with is within you and mm-hmm. uh, and it powers your earth suit and mm-hmm. the my and and my analogy would be you know as the lord says he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb right and he called you mm-hmm. and and so the way that i see it is is that when mom and dad get together so you have the sperm and the egg in mom's womb as soon as they connect that the Lord drops your spirit right in the middle of that union. And then those cells start to divide and multiply and multiply around your mm-hmm. physical, around your spirit. Mm-hmm. And then your earth suit continues to form. And now you have this fully grown earth suit at some point and your spirit's mm-hmm. really in the middle of that. And so it's a, you're also a conscious, right? You are fully aware of who you are mm-hmm. and you're, you, you can take control of your faculties, your mind, will, and emotion. Mm-hmm. And so there is an interplay between your 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 temple and your your or your physical body and your spirit that's powering, if you will, your right. earth suit. So I would say that sometimes people say that is is your is your brain your mind? Mm-hmm. And my response is, well, it can't be because We've scripture shows tells us that when you leave your body, that your memory is still with you and your personality is still with you. So that can't mm-hmm. be the answer. Your brain is a part of your physical body. It's a part of your earth suit. And mm-hmm. when you leave your body, you leave your brain. But what I would say, though, is that your uh, brain is such that uh, as you receive information from your five senses, that mm-hmm. in your hippocampus and in uh, your limbic system, your emotional and memory systems, you do process information early on and you have some short-term memory, which at some point then travels into your spirit. And now you have long-term memory in, in the subconscious. And our subconscious mind is mm-hmm. is dimensions larger than we are. I mean, there's mm-hmm. billions of actions per second that occur in the subconscious mind. And so the two are connected. And, you know, the study that I use to kind of also help me with this illustration is, is that there is a study, a spec scan of the brain, looking at what happens when we pray in our heavenly language versus when we pray in English. And so mm. they, they uh, took subjects that were, uh, you know, that were, were Christian, that were praying, and they put them through this MRI spec scan, looking at what parts of the brain and centers would light up depending upon what they did. And mm-hmm. so when they would speak in, in their in their native tongue or when they would pray in their native tongue or sing or when they would actually even perform um, a communication that was nonverbal, the frontal parts of their brain would light up, which is what we would expect. Mm-hmm. That's the function mm-hmm. of the, those parts. But when they prayed in their heavenly language, the frontal lobes didn't light up the way that they should. Instead, the parietal lobes Mm -hmm. lit up, which is our receptive areas. So us listening to the Holy Spirit, that connection, now we are receiving what he's saying, and then he would use our mouth to be able to pray this language, Mm -hmm. this wonderful language out that would be very specific for us and for others and his perfect will, right? He says, he says, you don't even know how to pray as you ought, right? But when you pray right. out the perfect will of God, when you pray in your heavenly language, now you're getting the word out that's blessing you and others. But what's interesting is, is that even the, the muscles used to pray are being used not by you because those, those areas of the brain that control your mouth and your phonation and your sound 
those aren't being called on. It's totally your parietal lobe that's being called on. So you're receiving mm -hmm. all of this from the Holy Spirit. So right. that that's super important because that gives us another kind of a picture of this interface between the Holy Spirit, our spirit, and our physical body, and how mm -hmm. does that manifest? Yeah, that is so fascinating to me because I think so much of the American church lives in our head, right? We want to understand everything. We want to have all the answers. If someone pushes back, we want to give them the theological debate. And there are times, and I know you as well, the Holy Spirit has spoken to both of us, you know, from a young age in a really unique way, but also it's accessible to anyone, right? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the living God is within us. And when we posture ourselves to receive Him, sometimes He speaks in ways that our logical mind cannot understand. Like, so in January, when God put on my heart that I was supposed to invite you to be my first guest, I knew in my spirit that was true. Everything in me said, even from five years ago when I first met you through Caroline Leaf, I felt like you were the person who was carrying this revelation as well that God has been showing me. And I knew it was true, but in my head, I'm like, how am I going to meet a neurosurgeon, right? How's this going to happen? And again, the Lord just worked all of these miraculous doors for me to connect with you. And I think in my life, the moments when I'm willing to say yes to God, I'm willing to say, I know in my spirit, this is true. I know the step of faith may seem too big or beyond my measure, but because you are God, I will say yes. That is what the Lord is looking for. Right. I completely agree. And I mean, it was such an honor, too, to have you at the Mastermind. And we had inclement weather, so we basically <laughs> canceled it. And then and we thought, you know, and then yet and and and, and kind of reached out to you and you, you said, no, I still want to come. And so what ended mm -hmm. up happening was we had all of this time together, which was absolutely yeah. amazing. So mm -hmm. I, I, I you're, you're absolutely right. It's just amazing to allow God to do what he does. And it just seems like mm -hmm. we want to put him in a box and in a construct, you know, and I don't mm -hmm. know if that is that because we as, uh, you know, as adults, as you know, we learn this is the social etiquette of how you're supposed to do things versus kids yeah. who have these amazing imaginations just say, oh, yeah, this is what I want. And I think on mm -hmm. this thing and it just happens. Right. It seems like right. that would be, but that's too simple. That's too easy, it seems. Right. We, it's almost like we idolize our mind. We idolize our ability to understand something logically. And we've gotten out of the way of living by our spirit and trusting our spirit, trusting that we hear from God. And, and that, to me, is this other power system that you're talking about, that we can tap into the spirit within us to renew our minds because, you know, the power, when we think about emotions, and as a therapist, you know, I see this all the time, people processing emotion, um, being led by emotion. How do you see emotions affecting our health and and how to either positive or negative emotions impact our brain? Right, right. And, you know, I'm, so I have a, a show on onevoicetv.net. So it's this app, and it's also on Roku through the mm -hmm. Lord of Host Church. And so, and it's uh, the God prescription with my wife, Karen Marie, and we talk about this. And so that's one of the topics we talked about. And mm -hmm. so your emotions can have a positive or negative impact. And I'll give you an example of both. So on the, mm -hmm. uh, on the positive side, when you laugh and you give, you actually activate your pleasure centers and when you, in your brain, and when you do that, then your hypothalamus, which is your relay system, this master relay system, will then dictate which neuro 
chemicals and electric signals will go to the rest of your body. And mm -hmm. it, you rejuvenate your cells, you rejuvenate your heart, uh, you rejuvenate your mind when that happens, right? When you mm -hmm. allow the Lord to be Lord in your life, then things just get easier. They just, the mm -hmm. perception of life, it's just not as hard. And the mm -hmm. opposite is true. When you are stressed, when you are fearful, when you are the one who is the boss of your life, you realize I'm a finite being. I don't know mm -hmm. what's around the corner. And therefore fear mm -hmm. creeps in, phobias creep in. And then you go on to develop uh, you know, increased cortisol release, which can lead to uh, high blood pressure, which is a major, major, major issue beyond what we think. We've been told that it's all about your genes and it's about your diet. And even though your gene, your diet plays a role um, and, and so forth, I believe a lot of that is due to your emotional life and how you perceive mm -hmm. events around you. So having said that, um, you know, that can have a negative, uh, a negative impact on your physical body, you know? And so when you mm -hmm. filter those issues through God's word and his love, and especially through his body and those around you, it just, mm -hmm. it just changes how you perceive, uh, the world. And if I can give you one more mm -hmm. illustration and again, not knocking anybody, but this is a great illustration. And that is, is that if you look at people who have anorexia nervosa, because of the stress in their lives, the perception of how they see themselves, they literally see themselves as being obese, see themselves as being large in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And yet everyone around mm -hmm. them who sees them says, you are basically skin and bone. But they literally see or perceive through their emotional life because they're not mm -hmm. looking through their eyes. If they look through their eyes, they can clearly see based on the mass of how, of how much is in, is in front of me in the mirror, I should be, mm -hmm. see myself as thin, but they literally don't see themselves that way. And I think that's mm -hmm. an example of what happens in terms of how, when you see yourself through emotions, when those emotions aren't filtered through how God sees you. Mm-hmm. And that's, so when we think about as a neurosurgeon, you know, you see the whole system that carries our emotions. So can you share with us when we get, when we experience flooding of emotion, like what's happening from our brain down our spine, our, our limbic system, tell us kind of anatomically what's yeah, going so on. So when, so when, with emotion, so first of all, you take in through your five senses, touch, smell, taste, you know, your vision, your hearing, uh, your, you know, in touch, you're, you take that information in and then your frontal lobe will then say it's good, bad, or indifferent. And then from, and then from there, your limbic system, including your amygdala will then say, Hey, wait a minute, this is a big deal. Right. And, and it'll become activated. And now when that happens, your hypothalamus will then activate your para, parasympathetic and sympathetic systems. So now your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, you go into fight or flight, and in your hmm. fight or flight, uh, you know, um, then that was co uh, coined by Walter Cannon during World War II, for instance. Then you're, there's this rush of cortisone, uh, cortisol and epinephrine and norepinephrine in your body because of that signal from your brain goes through your mm -hmm. spine, your spinal cord. And now there's an electrical signal that goes to your hands and goes to your stomach and to your muscles. And so now mm -hmm. you have more blood flow to your muscles so that there's more supplies so that you can either run or fight. Um, mm -hmm. And you literally become heavier. 
uh, when that happens. Hmm. And again, it, it's triggered from what comes outside, how you perceive the world, and then what your brain tells your spine and tells every single cell in your body. And every single cell is signaled from your perception of what you're experiencing around you and outside of you. And so wow. you can see that could either be really helpful or really, really negative. Right. Well, it makes me think about, you know, I mean, coming from a background in crisis response and being a victim advocate, you know, there are listeners here today who they can't control what they're exposed to, or maybe they had a difficult traumatic childhood mm -hmm. and they're getting all of these physiological flooding responses that you're just describing. So how can we take our power back? Ah. If we get flooded emotionally, what do we do? You know, one of the simplest things that you can do is use your mouth. So hmm. there is on, on our God prescription show, we talked about multitasking and I quoted a paper that basically states that you really don't multitask. You, you switch back and forth between tasks really quickly. But if you use your mouth to confess what the word of God says about you, God's promises about how much he loves you, how valuable you are, how powerful you are, and you mm -hmm. say those with your mouth, when those thoughts come up, the fear thoughts, the thoughts about that you're worthless, the thoughts that make give you doubt, if you just use your mouth at the same time, since you can't do both, your mm. words will cancel out your thoughts. So wow. you can just determine to do that often. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have to do it 100 or 200 times a day, if you have to do it as soon as you wake up when you spend time with the Lord and you quote the scripture about how valuable you are and how much God loves you, then that's what you do. And it's the same thing when mm -hmm. you go to bed. You go to bed on that and your brain will work all, all night on exactly what you went to bed on, okay? And mm -hmm. so you keep doing that. And I'll give you one other illustration that just a, a couple of months ago, there was a, a pastor in my church. And so she was diagnosed with colon cancer she had the study. There was polyps and, and cancer everywhere. And so they didn't give her a good prognosis. And so she said, you know what? That I appreciate those facts. So she didn't say, I don't have that. She didn't say mm -hmm. that. But then she, she got on it and she quoted the scripture about her healing and that she saw herself healed. And every mm -hmm. time a negative thought would come up, which was hundreds of times a day, she would immediately right. use her words, hear herself speak the word of God about her being healed. And she did it over and over and over again. And then she went back a couple of months later and had another test done. And all of those polyps, all of the cancer was gone, okay? hmm. literally gone. And the, the, the doctor couldn't believe it, that this was even the same person, right? Wow. So again, you're, that's what you can do. You're using your mouth. That means your soul has to be in, in a place where you're making a quality decision. And that is to use your mouth to speak mm -hmm. over those thoughts. And you cast those thoughts down with your mouth and with that positive mm -hmm. confession. Wow. So it's almost as if the power of our words, our will, speaking something, then can actually leave, lead to this healing uh, waterfall throughout our entire system. Yes. To to heal every part of us just by choosing to speak. Yes, to it's literally, that's literally true. And it's the simplest thing because then you mm -hmm. change the the neurochemicals that are being released based on your perception of, of the reality of your reality and based on right. your perception of, of what's coming in your ears. Right. So then things yeah. aren't so sensitive things. You're not so threatened by what you hear or what you experience. Yeah. 
which is why we need to get out of our heads, right? You know, often in the first counseling session with a client, it's almost as if they've had so much in their heads inside that they've never said out loud that just getting it out and being able to, one, just unload that heavy weight can be therapeutic, but two, just me being able to speak words of life, them being able to speak words of life over themselves. One of my favorite lines in your book, you invite us all to become our own psychological and spiritual surgeons. So can you tell us what what does that mean? Sure. So being your own psychological and spiritual surgeon means that you have to take an active role in that. You can't Mm -hmm. be a surgeon actively and have all the instruments in front of you on the field and you're about to do surgery and you just kind of sit there and you say, well, I think this is going to happen. Who's going to do this? So you have Mm -hmm. to physically, you know, grab that knife and grab the instruments and get started. And so I would say Mm -hmm. that you have to make a quality decision that there's something that you have to do, no matter how Mm -hmm. small you may think it is, you have to do something. And that something is find out what this, this, this love letter well, the 66 love letters in the Bible are are speaking about you, and then you have to speak those words. And and I can't overemphasize that. It's really interesting when, for instance, if I'm in church and and if I was having a bad day, right? If I was really upset, let's say, and the Lord is 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 wanting me to sing the song, or you know, and I can't because I'm embarrassed, right, or whatever. I make a choice not to sing. But guess mm-hmm. what? Every time I choose to sing and I hear myself, they're like I'm blessed by it. Because mm-hmm. now God can use me because I yielded my will to him. And then mm-hmm. he can use me to be a blessing to me and other people. And right. so as a surgeon, likewise, it's using the scalpel, the God-given scalpel in the right way to change mm-hmm. my heart. And, yeah. uh, and and it's a conscious effort. So you have to make that choice. It's a quality decision. Right. Use your words. And then from there... When you pray in your heavenly language, the Holy Spirit will literally show you, just like uh, the Heavenly Father showed Jesus when he was on this earth, mm-hmm. how to what he was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And it's the coolest thing, and especially when you have when you have relationship with those that are are, are uh, his body around you, then it's it's almost like he's painting this picture and he's jumping from one word to the next, and you can see him in your heart, and he gives you mm-hmm. this this roadmap of, okay, here's the next step and the next step and the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I hear you saying that we have a role in our healing. And I think as believers, sometimes we think that it's all on God. Like if we just, we cast it out, we ask him to deliver us. We say, take this anger away. And then we're just sitting there feeling like victims to our emotional world. And I hear you saying we actually have partnership in that. That's right. Yep. And when he, we add his, super to our natural it makes a difference you know and he says he says you know if you're lukewarm then you don't taste good so i'm going to spit you out of my mouth you're, you're not useful right but when you mm-hmm. when you jump in the game and you actually apply energy to mm-hmm. to your self-healing to others then it makes a difference mm-hmm. and one of the things that i would say that would help people be motivated if they're like well okay I, i'm not motivated enough to do this for me Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Do it for someone around you, hmm. right? That's powerful, right? When someone else yeah. is around you that needs needs you, which we do yeah. need you, um, then that's a time to make a decision to be able to express how God sees you and sees them. Yes. And yeah. that will then change how you see yourself. And as these people that need you are being 
served by you, it will change your perspective about you and how Mm -hmm. valuable you are because you're making a difference in their life. Right. And this is the power of seeing Christ within others, right? This is the power of speaking life over others. And I think sometimes in Christian culture, there can be this false humility of it's, it's, I'm just going to love God and love others and think less, like put myself down. And when I, when I think less of myself, then that's holy. But yet we see scripture saying, I need to love others and love God as I love myself. And so if I don't know how to speak life over myself, like the degree that my inner critic is loud, the degree that I'm shaming myself is typically going to be the same degree that I'm shaming and criticizing other people, either in my head or out loud. Wow. And you know, and and so I'll say, Amber, that's a great point. And I I think about that often because I think why we mean well, the enemy is saying, this is perfect. I can put Mm -hmm. you in the corner and you can't even, you're not going to thwart or affect my plans to affect you and your the blessing on your life and others because you're doing it for me. And I think we mm-hmm. miss the humility. And humility means that we are bowing our knee to the will of the Father. And he loves us. And he says, you know, that we are important to him. And, mm-hmm. and he gave the best for us. So, uh, you know, and even Paul says, you know, you know, I magnify my office, right? It's God was the one who put us here. God was the one that gave us these gifts. And it's okay to acknowledge those things. He says, he says, mm-hmm. you know, just don't say what's really not true about yourself, but it's okay to speak what's true about if you're good at something and God has given you that gift, it's completely fine to acknowledge that, right? It's just that you don't right. think more. It's he says, think highly of yourself, but not more highly than you ought. And all that means is very simple. It just means don't lie about it. You know, right. if you do these things and you're good at these skills, you can acknowledge that. And that is not in any way uh, being prideful. And as a matter of fact, the the religious rulers, you know, hated Jesus to such a degree that they wanted to kill him because they thought that he was saying he's God and they didn't think he, well, they thought he was. I believe that many of them knew he was God, but because it came out of his mouth in such a way that it enraged them. They were hmm. saying, you're thinking more highly than you ought, you, you know, and as a result, that in and of itself created this, you know, activated the amygdala and then their their emotions went out of control and the rage went out of control. And they say that because of the fact that you're high minded, I'm going to be the one to take the law into my hands and I'm going to shame you. I'm going to be the ju- your judge as opposed to God being your judge Come on. to that point, right? <laughs> to the point where let, let's kill this guy that did all these miracles, right? So, And I think I, I'm getting stirred up about that because I, I feel like sometimes in the church, and I'm just going to say this as a woman who is strong and confident, sometimes the church doesn't know what to do with that because it feels like, oh, she's too much. Or, or, or even especially if for men who are insecure, don't know how to be around women who are strong and know what their gifts are. And that's why I appreciate being around a brother in Christ like you who sees and honors the gift in men and women and knowing that I can stand in my authority. And even starting this podcast is a step of faith for me to say, you know what? I do have a voice and I have something to say, and I'm not going to apologize or play small because some people don't know how to receive that because they still don't know how to access their own power within. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, now Amber, okay. You have said, (laughs) so what you've said is total truth. And I tell you, my mom, mom raised me 
a single mom after the divorce when I was five, and she's mm-hmm. my hero. Okay, super strong, confident, and that's where I got my confidence. Okay, and mm-hmm. so and the wonderful thing is, is that I even have staff in the operating room. Okay. And the ones who have that strength and that confidence will tell you this is wrong or this is right. But you Mm -hmm. know what's wonderful about that? They genuinely care also. And you can receive their love Mm -hmm. in their confidence. So for Mm -hmm. me, if I have to choose, I would rather have someone around me and especially strong women around me because you Mm -hmm. know they love you uh, and they're strong and they're capable, right? And that's Mm -hmm. why I have a problem, again, not knocking anybody, but I have a problem when a woman doesn't want to be what God made them to be because they're so powerful, they're so strong. And it's like, be who you, who God made you want to be. You can do everything. I mean, yes. so. I feel like we could spend a whole hour talking about that. And it's so refreshing to me hearing this from you as a male who I look up to, to know that, and I want to say this to the women who are listening, who you know that you are a leader, you know that God has put deep gifts inside of you, you feel it stirring up in in you, and yet you haven't been able to fully step out and use your gifts or use your voice. And I just want to see you un- unlocked and unleashed and empowered to know that what God has put in you is special and that your voice matters and hear this today that he's entrusted you with that and that there is a responsibility, right? Just like for you, as God entrusted you at the age of eight to know that you were called to be a neurosurgeon, that now is deposited in you, but you also chose to partner with that word. You chose to say, yes, Lord, I will do all the hard work and preparation so that I can be faithful with what you've spoken over me. Because God will speak it, but how many are willing to say yes? That's right. Wow. I, that's that's really powerful. I can't tell you uh, how valuable this is. And and I would hope that everyone that's hearing you, Amber, you know, will really take to heart what you're saying. Because, you know, when you're like a little child, right, God says that the greatest in the kingdom are like these little ones and, and also in how they accept the kingdom. They're loving lowly, trusting, and forgiving. Well, guess what? You got to be pretty strong in the middle of all these voices around you, all these challenges to choose to still love people, to choose yeah. to love your enemies is so much power. And that's, and that's you know, that's how God is towards us, right? And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, that is a testimony that you are powerful when you can choose to give someone life, right? And to, to lift them up in the middle of your the issues that you're facing. I mean, that is like mm-hmm. raw power. Right, right. And this is the time in this season for the sons of da- and the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. We can no longer hold back and play small. I'm speaking to my brothers and sisters. Our voice matters. We need to step up. We need to rise up because our authority as lights on the hill has never been more important than such a time as this. And there will be things to come that we'll be sharing more opportunities about what that looks like to come together as the body of Christ in these ways that Dr. Jackson and I are talking about today. And this is the season and the time that the body of Christ must be united. And so whatever denomination you're in, wherever you're at in your faith, maybe some of this today sounds new to you. Maybe you're curious. Maybe you're hungry. Maybe you're feeling burnout. Maybe you're feeling distant from God. Wherever you're at, I want you to know that God sees you, that He loves you, and that we believe in you. 
And what he's put in you is so important that he will fight for you and he finishes every good work he's begun. So if you have a promise in your heart, in your spirit that you've been holding on to, say yes right now and ask God, what is next? And so my question for you, Dr. Jackson, is do you have any last impartation or encouragement in that? Anything you want to share either with listeners or other clinicians in regards to what we've talked about today? Yeah, Amber, uh, this has just been a delight, uh, you know, and, and I, I could go on. I mean, I'm having a, such a, a joy speaking with you. Well, I would say, you know, uh, number one, you know, God has made us in such amazing ways. Uh, and as a neurosurgeon, you know, I can tell you and seeing, uh, meeting people from around the world um, that, you know, that childlike curiosity is so important. The joy of the Lord is so important. And I've seen how people can recover from emotional and physical trauma, literally, when they are uh, supported and when they support themselves with the word of God and with joy. And when they laugh, I, one of the prescriptions I have for people is 10 belly laughs twice a day. Okay. <laughs> and that, Love yeah. That. And, and that uh, even um, uh, MD Anderson, a major cancer Institute looked at what happens when people laugh who have cancer and even whether they don't, even when they don't feel like it, it makes a difference. So I would say laughter is important. Um, and I would say, you know, you know, there are a lot of resources out there that focus on the word of God, uh, especially now that you can have access to and programs. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I'm biased in terms of, you know, KCM ministries and, and, and their app, uh, the go victory, uh, app, I think is very encouraging. You can have it on all the time. Uh, the one voice uh, uh, TV app, I think is great with Fran uh, with Hank and Brenda Kuhneman and our show, mm -hmm. the God prescription. If you want to learn anything about science and the word and um, just really encouraged by that and, uh, and really make it an effort to find uh, laughter in things. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes we just shouldn't take ourselves so, so seriously, you know, and, and just, mm -hmm. you know, briefly, there is a study done looking at people who've either had heart surgery and or heart attack or heart problems. And what they found is, is that they put these people who had these heart surgeries and heart problems in front of a sitcom that everyone thought was funny, right? Mm -hmm. None of these people <laughs> laughed. They had no sense of humor. But then they took another cohort of people and put them in front of the sitcom who didn't have heart problems, and they immediately laughed and they thought it was hilarious, right? So they, hmm. they chose to see the world in a lighthearted way, and as a result, it, it improved and maintained good spiritual, physical, and emotional health. And mm -hmm. it's not a small thing. And I think the enemy wants us to think, well, that's a small thing. It's not a big deal. But your perspective about you and how valuable you are and how valuable God is and how much he loves you and each and we love each other is way more important than anything you could even imagine, right? Mm -hmm. And so so I would I'd leave you with those thoughts. So those are the God prescription. And the God mm -hmm. prescription will prosper you without sorrow. It'll increase you without sorrow, right? In your mm -hmm. spiritual, emotional, and physical self. Yes. 
Yes. And I want to point out as well, I will link all of the resources that Dr. Jackson just mentioned. And I just encourage you, check out The God Prescription. This is his book that he's referring to. And also it's the, the methodology that he describes of spiritual, mental, and physical health being connected and God's design for our healing. Can you point them in the right direction if they want to buy The God Prescription or even tell about the additional resources that you yeah, have? Sure. So you can go to www.thegodprescription.com. Or you can go to uh, uh, get go get the godprescription.com and you can find my book. And we have uh, a free offering, but you pay for shipping and handling. And then there are other resources like a workbook. People have study groups, and there's an inner circle where I'll, I'll uh, uh, bring up different topics on a weekly basis. We can spend time together, and if anyone has questions, and I can answer those questions in a separate episode. And so that's another piece. And then I mentioned about the uh, the God Prescription show on OneVoiceTV.net and Roku, which airs every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And there's an on-demand channel for that and more to come. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. This has just been such a gift. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time. We deeply appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. It's been just lovely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank Thanks. you. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.